This podcast includes information provided by the issuer and does not express the views of the interviewer. This podcast may also include forward-looking statements by the issuer that involve certain risks and uncertainties to its business. Because forward-looking statements are subject to risks and uncertainties, the issuer's actual results could differ from those indicated in this podcast. Welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft, and thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. You can follow Planet Microcap on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T, and you are listening to episode 57. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to tweet at me or shoot me an email at rkraft at snnwire.com. And when you do get a chance, if you like what you hear, please rate and review Planet Microcap on iTunes. It really helps provide feedback for me and spread the microcap message. For this episode of the Planet Microcap podcast, I caught up with Sam Namiri from First Value Investments. With the LD Micro main event coming up in Los Angeles next week, I was interested in learning what investors should do to prepare for an investor conference, how to translate that preparation to action, and then post-conference follow-up. Sam has been going to LD Micro conferences for the last 10 years, and I thought it would be fun to discuss this topic with him. The goal for this episode is to learn more about what Sam does to prepare for an investor conference at the conference etiquette and post-conference follow-up. Thank you again for tuning in to episode 57 of the Planet Microcap podcast. Please enjoy my interview with Sam Namiri, but first, a word from our sponsor. A comprehensive streaming of market data, research, and portfolio management application for you. QuoteStream is a real-time streaming quotes and research system designed for the day trader, retail investor, institutional investor, both new and old. QuoteStream offers low-latency, tick-by-tick data, advanced charting, comprehensive technical analysis, news, and research. With no software to install and no servers to maintain, QuoteStream is the ideal solution for you. Go to stocknewsnow.com and start your free seven-day trial. Click the quote stream banner in the header or real-time quotes in the nav bar to get started building and managing your investments. For this episode of the Planet Microcap podcast, I have Sam Namiri on the program. He is with First Value Investments. Sam, welcome back to the Planet Microcap podcast. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Always have fun doing this. It's fun having you back and uh, and thanks for taking the time before uh, Turkey Day. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I wanted to start off first for those who missed our first interview uh, that we did together on the podcast. What is your background? Uh, so just kind of run through what I've done throughout my career. Um, I studied engineering at UC Berkeley. Um, after school, I worked for, as an engineer for one month. Uh, during that time, I also had a jewelry business that I started while at school. Um, that one month that I was selling jewelry, I made more money than I would have made as a full year as an engineer. So I quit my job and uh, ran a jewelry business full time for the next five, six years. Um, I predominantly was selling online. I started off selling on eBay, actually. Um, grew that and started selling through auctions online. And then also, um, you know, started a TV show where, you know, was kind of selling like a HSN QVC type of television show and um, eventually you know you China, China contract manufacturing um, and set up an own factory in Pakistan as well 
Um, and then I got accepted to business school and decided that, you know, wanted to do something different after the financial crisis happened. Um, the jewelry business didn't quite do so well. The price of metal shot up quite a bit and then got accepted to Columbia Business School and went there. And I started studying value investing there and uh, fell in love with it. And since then, I've been uh, at Grand Slam Asset Management for five years and uh, left there in August to start my own firm, First Value Investments. So um, looking forward to it. I'm excited. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. Nice. And and what I mean, if you don't mind me asking, you know, what was some of the impetus for the change? You know, were you looking to kind of just set up your own shop? I mean, what 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 was going through your uh, mind for that decision? Um, so I think the biggest issue that uh, I guess investment management firms have it's less on the investing side. It's more on the, you know, getting investors, <laughs> which I don't think many people like to do or enjoy doing. Um, especially people who love investing. And so the, the real issue there was that we just weren't able at Grand Slam to be able to raise money. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that a lot of that is, you know, it's its own sales job to go and pitch your own fund, just like a lot of, you know, microcap companies come and pitch their companies and businesses for investors to invest in. So, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of, you know, CEOs and CFOs of these public companies don't like doing that. You know, they, um, a lot of the really good ones, especially, you know, they want to focus on running their business. Right. And so, um, you know, I think the same thing comes with investment managers as well too. Like no one, I don't think enjoys going out and pitching to investors, you know, to invest in their fund, but really like to make it a real business and a business model, you, you kind of have to do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so, so at Grand Slam, that was just the biggest issue was just being able to raise money was tough. And, um, I just thought, you know, why not go and do it myself? And I could, you know, not even need to manage too much money. Um, and I could, I kind of feel like I have a niche in microcaps that a lot of other people, you know, a different, a different investment style that a lot of other people don't have, um, which allows me to, you know, hopefully get some good performance. And and Sam, again, you know, there's going to be some people that may not have heard our, our first interview that we did last year where you, you actually went into this uh, more or less your criteria for uh, a potential microcap investment. So, you know, for those who may not know, you know, what what is that that style of microcap investing that you're referring to? Sure. Um, so I, a lot of it is based off of, I guess, like fundamental bottoms up value investing. Um, which is, I I look for a company that, um, based on valuation of their of their cash flows. So to me, like cash is king. Um, and I really predominantly ask myself three questions. The first question is, do I like the business? Um, if I if it hits certain characteristics of businesses that I like, like does it does it have like recurring revenues, um, whether contractually or, you know, for instance, like. A coffee company, for instance, I, I think that's a pretty generally a pretty good business because, you know, once you drink some coffee, that coffee's gone. Like you're gonna most likely drink it the next day, and so that that to me is like a recurring revenue type business. Um, that's the first thing I look for is do I like the business. The second thing I look for is um, do I like management? Do I think they're aligned with you know shareholders? Um, do I think they're good operators? Do I think that they're that they're good? Um, allocators of capital. Those are like the, the three main things I generally ask myself. And the third question I ask is, am I paying the right price? 
mm-hmm. um, and and valuation, and that's super important. Like oh, occasionally, if I find a business that I don't like as much, but the price is just so attractive, um, and again, it's just all always usually based on cash flows. Um, if the price is so attractive, then you know I'm willing to not invest in such a high quality business at a at a lower price. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, for, I generally look for something that can at least double within 18 to 24 months. And if I, if I don't think I have that opportunity um, to at least get that type of return on the stock, then I'm, I'm not interested. So that's, that's usually, that's my kind of investment style. And then I do a lot of, lot of research. Um, and with, I think with small and micro caps, the key in the research is to actually get on the ground and just not just read filings. Um, and SEC filings and read their, you know, call transcripts and, um, you know, talk to management. I think it's really important to go visit the companies, to talk to other people within the company, to make sure that, you know, they have the right systems within the company in place to be able to combination of track their own performance and then also be able to grow and expand and and do what, you know, management says they'll do. And I also go to trade shows and I read trade magazines and I try to talk to suppliers, customers, um, competitors, you know, everything to really, truly get a sense of, you know, do I think that um, do I think that things are going to pan out the way that, you know, either maybe maybe management is guiding towards or um, or what I think myself Mm -hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. So this is a great segue into uh, the the main reason I wanted to have you on today because uh, you know we got a, a big conference coming up in about two weeks the LD Micro the tenth annual LD Micro and um, you know you mentioned just now that one of your key criteria is that uh, management is really important to you one way to meet management you know in a you know all in one setting so to speak you know is going to investor conferences and uh, having a 30 minute one on one with them or going to hear them present or at least shaking their hand and, and getting a feel for who this person is and whether or not they uh, fulfill the type of uh, uh, characteristics you're looking for you know so you know while while I've done a couple episodes on you know how to talk to management and you know maybe some questions to ask in your one on one meeting what I wanted to do here was you know, talk about, you know, as an investor, your, your prep, your, how you, how you act at the conference, how that translates. And then, you know, when it comes to your follow-up after the conference. So for you, you know, going into an event, let's say like an LD micro where we have 250 plus companies that are going to be there, you know, how do you prepare yourself for a conference like this? So LD micro is unique because, there are just so many companies at LD Micro. Um, I was at another conference two weeks ago, and they, you know, LD Micro is 250. He said, I, don't, "I wasn't quite sure how what number has gotten up to," but um, like the other conference I was at had like 50. So it's a lot easier to go and sort through 50 companies and find, you know, on a like manually um, than it is at LD Micro. Another thing that makes LD Micro so unique is that, you know, the micro the market cap of the companies is so small that um, it's, it's not easy to find information a lot like public information, like filings are even difficult to get at times or, um, you know, the financials are hard to screen. So, um, so yeah, it becomes a little bit more difficult while like if you go to a small cap or a mid cap conference, you know, a lot of like Bloomberg or cap IQ or all these other data sources, they'll actually go and like kind of clean up the financials. Um, 
and like take out one-time expenses and other things of that sort. So it makes it a little easier to screen. Um, while again, like a $11 million market cap company, you know, they, they don't have like analysts <laughs> covering the stock or, um, you know, other things that help a little bit in terms of guide, like as to whether something, you know, on a valuation basis looks cheap in the future or not. Um, so, so what I did for LD micro, um, was I would use one of the data providers, like in the past I've used Bloomberg. Now I use uh, cap IQ and there's a few other ones too, that aren't as expensive. Um, like Sentio is one that I've actually been looking at, but anyway, um, you know, you can use or quote stream, I think is another one as well too, but, um, yeah, you can, you can use those. And I pretty much get all the tickers. I put them all in Excel and I use, you know, some Excel functions to look at, I think there's like nine or 10 different fields that I look at. Um, and I used a, like a combination of things. Uh, there's a book by Joel Greenblatt called the little book that beats the market. Um, and he kind of has an equation of what he looks for. And I think the, from the book talks about like a formula that he uses um, and he doesn't even look at the companies in this formula, but effectively he picks the stocks that are cheap trading at, you know, low EV to EBITDA multiples, um, low PE ratio, low PE ratios, um, high return on investment capital, high return on equity. Um, so I so I look at all those things and I try to pick um, companies that kind of fit that formula. Mm -hmm. So it's the original screen that I do, and then I go and there's certain sectors that I don't look at, like I don't, and so occasionally like I'll go and I'll just cross those off. Um, from whatever shows up from that screen. But that's that's usually my first initial thing that I do for every conference that I go to. Mm -hmm. um, and then, I mean, I'm yeah. from, I mean, do you still screen, like, let's say, you know, you look at that list and, you know, you see, you know, a few names that you know already or that maybe you're already invested in. Do you just, do you cross those off or do you like to take, just take a follow-up meeting with them there to kind of get an update, you know, or, you know, how, how does that work in your, in your head? Cause I know you don't want to go yeah. to their onsite every single time, you know, a company has a, a new update, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't usually like the conferences don't happen that frequently enough mm -hmm. where it's kind of worth it to still get an update. If it, if it's been like over a month since I've talked to management or let's say it's like post after the earnings came out um, and you kind of want to get an update. Um, sometimes companies will send like a different, like sometimes they'll send like their CFO during a conference when usually it's the CEO. Um, and, and, you know, kind of sometimes never hurts to talk to someone again. Um, you kind of kind of see how things have panned out or like whether their messaging changes um, as well. And so, you know, some, sometimes slight nuances mm -hmm. in just like the wording can make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so, I mean, especially if it's, if it's something that I'm, I have a large position in that's, that's a big part of my portfolio. I, I, I can spare, you know, a 30 minute meeting, even if I don't learn anything from it. That's, oh, you that's can, oh, you can me. now. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you can spare 30 minutes. <laughs> so Sam, how do you, you know, then balance out your schedule after you did your initial uh, screening process? You know, do you, you know, how do you determine what companies you want to take a one-on-one -on -one with and then uh, see their presentation? You know, how, how do you, how do you work that? Um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a really tough, tough question because it really depends. Um, in my opinion, I've actually gone from both, like from, from one end of the spectrum to the other, and I'm still trying to figure out what's the best, 
best thing that works for me and also what's the best thing that just works in general. But um, I used to only go to presentations originally. Um, then I, at some point, like started to only do just one-on-ones whenever I went to a conference and didn't go to any presentations. Um, and then now it's kind of become like a mix of the two. And yeah, I mean, it, it's really tough because it, it's so much of it is luck as to what adds more value because behaviorally, like different management teams and different people like act differently. Like some are more open in a, in a presentation setting, some are more open in a one-on-one setting, you know, in a presentation, they may get to something and talk about something different and you'll talk about or ask about in a one-on-one. Um, and so like I've, I've been to a presentation of a company that I've had an investment in and I've known very, very well for a long time. And I actually had a one-on-one as well, as well as saw the presentation at a conference with them. And in the presentation, you know, they, they gave information that I didn't know or know about. So, um, you know, when you, when you see things like that, you kind of, you know, come back and say, Hey, you know what, maybe presentations are, are pretty valuable as well too. So, um, I, I've kind of learned to kind of mix them both up. And if I'm interested in a company, I probably will end up doing both presentation and one-on-one. Um, and it's also hard because if you don't know the business, um, like a lot, like what's great about LD micro is that so many of these companies, you know, a lot of people, like it's their first time coming out and meeting with investors. And so it's a great opportunity to, to be one of the first people to learn about a company. Um, and so, again, that really depends on personality, like which one's better. Like some, sometimes in presentations, the presentation just goes so slow or, um, you know, they don't even talk about maybe they have a product and they don't really explain the product well. You know, in a presentation, like it's not, I mean, you can go interrupt it, but a lot of times like they may get to it later on in the presentation. You don't know that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, you're, you're less likely to go and say, Hey, you know what, like, can you explain your product a little better or explain this a little bit better, right. but in a one-on-one, right. You can very easily do that. So I think it really depends on, I think your own personality as to what is better and what's not. Um, I'm still figuring out like what's the right um, mixture for me. Mm-hmm. And also I think it also depends on the conference as well too. Mm-hmm. So you know, a a larger conference, um, I think it's going to be tougher to figure out like which one to do. Um, And then a smaller conference, you know, especially if you can actually do more research about the companies and the companies are more well known um, there, it's probably less advantageous to look at a presentation because you can, you can probably go webcast it. And I think that also makes a difference too. for me in terms of whether I do more one-on-ones or do more presentations, if the presentations are webcasted, I'll probably be less likely to do a presentation, but if they are, aren't webcasted, then I'll, I'll more likely to more likely, you know, go to a presentation. And you know, you probably, I, hope, more, and I was, Oh, I, sorry. I didn't mean to cut sorry. you off. I was going to say, I hope that answered your question, but <laughs> no, that did <laughs> actually. It, it depends. <laughs> right, right. No, no. It, and, and I was going to follow up to say, you know, um, you know, some, some management teams, you, you know, you watch part of their presentation and I mean, you're experienced enough to know like, Oh man, there's no way he's getting through everything <laughs> in this presentation. Like I think I'll do, or I'll think I'll do a one-on-one so I can, you know, get maybe a full story, you know, cause there's some management teams. I mean, I've, I've sat there, you know, and they're just not good presenters, you know, and you're just, you're falling asleep and you're just like, I, I like, and, and you know, there's something dynamic, potentially or interesting about the company but you're just like oh man like i think that maybe maybe this one would be better for a one-on-one setting you know yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean, but uh, you would hope that the, that they've actually practiced their presentation, <laughs> yes. and and you know, and it's like well thought out. Um, but but again, like well, I know I know I know one company at, at the end of the day. At, at, at the end of the day, you can make a lot of money off of those really boring presentations, you know. <laughs> you know, so you actually you hit on my next question quite a bit, you know. But I figured, you know, there might be some more to add here, and and that that's in terms of, you know, you you've done all this preparation for the event, you know. Then how how do you then translate that, you know, while at the conference, you know, do you do you kind of have your set plan, and you stick to it, or do you kind of, you know, uh, adjust as you as you see fit, depending on what you know, has captured your interest? Um, I adjust to see fit. Like sometimes if I'm have a one-on-one -on -one and it really sparks my interest and I don't have another meeting or presentation afterwards, um, you know, I'll keep talking to management if I can. Um, and then like what's interesting about conferences as well is that, you know, sometimes you see management at a bar, <laughs> at the bar, you know, and have a drink with them or, you know, have lunch with them or dinner afterwards um, and just get to know them a little bit better, you know, on a personal level, like just to kind of see like what type of people they actually are. Um, yeah. And so just interesting. And then also the other thing that's great is you can get a lot of in interesting information about like, I guess, other companies or under other industries, like how one, how one management's business is affecting another industry. Mm -hmm. And so, you may not need to directly research one company that you're talking to, you know, but like, let's say I talk to a company that sells products to casinos, you know, they would probably have good insight on how, you know, the casino industry is doing and, you know, what else is hot in that industry, right? Who are they competing against to sell their product to? Um, or, or just to get the casino owners to spend money on, like what else are casino owners spe spending money on? And so there's a lot of, uh, I guess like tangential research that you can get um, at a conference, and you, you know you just you just you just never know like where anything or any thought or any potential investment you know may come from. Mm -hmm. So that, that that's where I kind of go off of you know off of path. And again, like I don't, I, I try to prepare a little bit, but there's all, you, you can't really prepare too much unless you already know the company well mm -hmm. um, and make a presentation and met with them before because. Again, like I think just like you, when you interview or talk to someone, right, you one answer will lead to a next question. Right. So um, especially with companies I don't know, I try to go in um, pretty almost blank slate. Um, and then usually uh, I, I think uh, you probably will ask this later, but usually a lot of times the most of the work happens after the conference. You know, when it comes to that, what, what what do you do? You know, do you have an investing journal for all your notes and correspondence? You know, how how do you handle the post conference? Uh, I, I guess melee, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Um, so for me, because I'm such a concentrated investor and I don't really make too many investments, um, if it doesn't stay in my head, <laughs> usually that means it's probably not interesting enough to me. Um, but now. Now I'm starting to take more meetings and trying to, you know, when you find new ideas and you find like a few ideas, it's probably worth it. I mean, I found it worth it now to, uh, you know, do some more work on things because a lot of things actually don't pan out. Like when I, when I do more work on it after a conference, um, you realize that there's like this, a, a large potential risk that, 
you know, kind of makes it for me un- uninvestable because again of the concentration that I do take in my investments. Um, I can't, it, it'll, one miss will hurt me a lot. Um, while if I had like a hundred investments, for instance, you know, one miss like would hurt you like 1%. So that, that doesn't really hurt too much. So, um, what, what I do do now is I, I started using, uh, OneNote, Microsoft OneNote, and I, I used to use Evernote. Effectively, they're the same thing for me. And so I keep like a research folder for every company that I look at. Um, and that was taught to me by someone else who goes to LD Micro um, and meets with a ton of companies. He's won awards for having the most meetings there. <laughs> so, um, but, I get, but, but, but his style of investing is very diversified. So he, he has 100 positions in his portfolio at one time. So he kind of has to do that. Um, but I, I just kind of took that, I guess, what he did in practice and, and took it all on my own. Um, and then so, so follow up, what I always usually do, if it's a company that I don't know well, I'll go and, um, you know, start reading all their SEC filings. I'll read their Ks, Qs, rate 8Ks, um, you know, go over their last at least like year worth of conference calls mm-hmm. um, and, just kind of like match with my notes and what they told me, like what, are, what were some of the key points they told me? And like, you know, did they mention stuff that, again, like they're, they're trying to pitch their companies to me, right? So they're not going to talk about potential negative things, right? At least like a lot of them don't. And so, you know, then, then I'll try to arrange a follow-up call to talk about some of the risks that I see from reading and doing my research there, right? Because now, now I have real questions that, you know, potentially could be clouds on on the company and not right. just all pure sunshine. So, I mean, that that's usually like how I follow up on companies that I don't know. And then companies that I do know, um, if, if I learn anything that I think like makes me feel like I need to adjust my projections of them going forward, then I'll usually go and adjust that mm-hmm. in my financial model, which I, which I talked to you about, I think in our last podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll adjust, I'll adjust maybe my revenue targets and um, different costs. You know, may, maybe they had a re, had a restructuring, and you know, during our meeting, they were able to better um, communicate that restructuring um, and how that affects costs in their business, or um, there's things of that sort. Like maybe they had a bad quarter, um, but but I, now I know or think it's it's a one-time issue and not a recurring issue. Um, you know, that that'll help me adjust my model. Uh, going forward, which affects my valuation of the business and what I think the stock is actually worth. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is kind of a, a, a funny question. I mean, have you ever, after going to a conference and you met with the, the company, you know, or, or or few, and and like right after you bought or sold the stock, you know, you just you're like, oh, I get, you know what, I, I don't care. I haven't. This is not what I normally do, but I'm getting in. Or like, holy, uh oh, I'm getting out right now. I mean, has that has that ever happened to you? Um, it, if I ever get in like that, it'll be, it'll get in like with a very small position. So mm-hmm. something that wouldn't even matter. It's more of like, just to like, make sure I don't forget about it. <laughs> Cause when you see you actually own shares, you're less likely to forget about a company than if you don't own any shares and maybe they're on a watch list or something of that sort. Um, there's more, usually more companies on a watch list that I, that I watch versus actually own. So mm-hmm. For me, that's like one way of tracking things a little bit better. Um, selling right away, I haven't had one yet where I where I sell something after coming back from a conference. Um, maybe I'll like lighten up in a position, 
uh, but like to be like a no brainer, like sell um, everything after a conference. I haven't had that yet. I've, I, more likely it's usually probably after like a quarter is released and they release some sort of like, you know, usually it's like that quarter quarterly calls where you truly get like a lot of, um, I guess, material information. So like if there's actually something that has hurt the business and it's something that's a permanent impairment to the business, in my opinion, that's usually what will get me to sell a stock. Mm-hmm. But uh, at conferences, at conferences, I'd say like the biggest benefit I've ever had at conferences have always been to find new companies to then go and delve into and do more work to work on before making an investment. Right. Like a material investment. Right. So, you know, Sam, you've been going to LD for years now. I think even before we started going to LD, you know, how, how has it changed over the years? Uh, well, the first one was at the Omni Hotel in downtown. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, I can't even remember. How, how long was that? 10 years ago? Wow. Well, this is I, the 10th. I, I, so, I don't, you, I don't, so you were at the first. <laughs> Yeah. And and now there's two conferences a year, so it feels like a lot more than 10. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that one was at the Omni. And and other than more companies and adding more days, it, it feels pretty much the same. Um, I think there was like a, a few years ago where I think it probably got overcrowded, mm-hmm. but uh, it scaled back a little bit um, in terms of, I guess, number of people there. So um, yeah, I mean, it's what what I know I'm always going to get from going to LD Micro is I'm always going to find companies that I've never even heard of before. And mm-hmm. so uh, Chris Lahiji does a good job of, of uh, I think, bringing companies in that, you know, it's like their first time presenting or, um, you know, new management has come on and, you know, now they're actually starting to talk to potential shareholders. Um, like there's some private companies there as well too. I mean, like through, 250 companies, you know, there's no way that, you know, a lot of them are going to be repeats year over year over year. And I think Chris purposely makes sure that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So that fresh blood there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, some, some years you find great things, some years you don't find, or at least I don't find things. Um, but I, I promise you that of the 250 companies, there's going to be at least a handful that are going to be, you know, huge winners. Mm-hmm. So the key is, is, is uh you know obviously identifying them and actually investing in them. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I mean, and not to mention, it's uh, you always have a fun experience. They're just the the best hosts, and yeah, no, we we look forward to it every single year, and it's it's always fun to hear how it's changed, you know. But it sounds like more or less it's been it's had that same kind of core philosophy. So that's that's really cool to hear. So. You know, so Sam. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I, if I, enjoy, I don't know if I enjoy it as much as maybe you do. Because, <laughs> because uh, I'm always just running around from meeting, 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 meeting. You know. Yeah. And, and you get to go. You get to go on interview management, right? So, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just interviewing. I'm, I'm just doing interviews the whole time. So I don't. I'm not. I maybe run to go get some Chinese chicken salad, but that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, <laughs> but and 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 I, and I feel like the days have also gotten longer over time. I think it starts. I think the first meetings are like at seven or seven thirty. I yeah. forget how yeah. what what time they start, and then go to like five thirty. And I know for me, the more more recent years, I've had certain days where um, maybe I've only had like a half an hour break. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know they become pretty long days, and 
you know, you kind of struggle to figure out when, when, when you can eat lunch or when you could go use the restroom. Well, Sam, we, we're, we're going to be in a room. We're going to be in a room this year. So if you need to hide out, just come hang out with us. <laughs> uh, okay. Good, good to know. <laughs> so, so Sam, you know, my, my last question here today, you know, is, is what, what's your advice then for new microcap investors going to their first microcap investor conference? You know, how, how do you think they should, you know, prepare themselves for, for an event like this? Um, I would probably, uh, you know, you got to think, think you just got to spend time and just, I would go to ldmicro.com, um, you know, ask Chris if, if, you, if you're fortunate enough to get an invite to the conference, I would, um, you know, they actually did a good job of sending an email out that has all the companies and different characteristics of it. And then a link also to ldmicro.com that gives, you know, financial information, what the company does, what sector they're in, um, you know, pretty, pretty good amount of information, you know, recent news releases. And so like, you can just like, if you just go click one by one and find companies, like that's, that's the way that you got to, I guess, prep beforehand. Um, and then while there, you know, if it's your first conference, I would probably just go sit in a bunch of presentations and, you know, maybe do a handful of one-on-ones with companies that, you know, pique your interest more. Um, and maybe you can even do them at the conference, you know, set those up. Like you, sometimes, sometimes I'll go to a presentation and I'll be like, oh, wow, this is actually really interesting. And then I'll like run over to the one-on-one desk to see, to see if it's possible for me to get a one-on-one with them or if they can contact management, you know, maybe they either later in the day get a one-on-one or the next day if they're still around. Um, and that's happened to me probably like 20, 30 times throughout the last few years. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the strategy I would do if it was my first conference would be to just kind of click through and go over, go over every, every company that's there. Um, and then, yeah. And then set up meetings if you can with, with a few and go to presentations, just try to go to as many presentations and try to stay focused. It, these are, they become pretty long days and to try to stay focused from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, um, becomes tough and, becomes it feels like a marathon in a way mm-hmm. so especially if you don't know the businesses and they're all new businesses to you and a lot i'm a generalist so i look at a lot i look at a wide range of industries and so i'm not like a pro in in too many industries but um you know when i start to learn about an industry that i don't know very well that becomes again mentally pretty exhausting mm-hmm. so so yeah um i think that's really the key it's like I guess over the years I've gotten better at staying focused throughout the whole day and being able to comprehend as much information as I'm getting, especially in one-on-ones because in one-on-ones, you know, you, you, it's just you and them, right? So it's five o'clock on the third day and you know, you're pretty tired, but you still need to focus because this could be potentially a really good investment. Mm -hmm. While if you go to a present, if you want to go to a presentation, you know, like you can, like I see people, you know, on their phones, you know, I've even seen people fall asleep watching a company's presentation. And so again, like you can, you can kind of check out in that instance. And, um, and so it becomes again, more exhausting doing one-on-ones than it does just sitting in presentations and just trying to learn that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I think it depends on your personality. Um, depends on, you know, how much mental stamina you have to be able to handle in one day, but that's why I would 
start off more doing presentations versus one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. And there's usually a good amount of coffee served throughout the day. So if you happen to be a caffeine person, there there is uh, you can get your fix throughout the day. That's for sure. Yeah, caffeine and co- coffee and carbs. A lot <laughs> yes, of pastries, a lot of bagels. <laughs> you know, pizza sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, he, he, they def, they feed you, man. They definitely feed you. So, so yeah. Sam, where, where can our audience go and find more information about you and uh, First Value Investments? Sure. Uh, you can go to my Twitter handle is probably the best place. Um, my first initial S and then my last name, Namiri, and as Nancy, A as Apple, M as Mary, I-R-I. That's my Twitter handle, S Namiri. And then uh, I have a website, but there's not really much on there to really learn much about it, but it's uh, first VI for first value investments.com. Sam. Um, so yeah, that's my website. Really appreciate it, Bobby. No, thank you, man. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today and uh, have a very happy Thanksgiving and I'll, uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, and also if anyone oh. is coming out to LB micro and wants to reach out in advance, um, you know, so we can connect there, feel free to shoot me an email or uh, you know, go on Twitter and send me a message. Cool. All right. Thanks, Sam. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Bobby. Take care. Thank you all for tuning in to the Planet Microcap podcast. And thank you, Sam, again for coming on to the program. You can access the podcast by going on to stocknewsnow.com under podcast. Go to podbean.com and search Planet Microcap podcast or on iTunes and search Planet Microcap podcast. Stay tuned for the next Planet Microcap podcast where we'll have our next guest, to discuss all things microcap. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, please send an email to info at snnwire.com. I'd love to hear from all of you. This podcast has been brought to you by SNN Incorporated, publishers of stocknewsdown.com, the official microcap news source, and the microcap review magazine. I'm your host, Robert Kraft, and thank you again for joining me on the Planet Microcap Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.